Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can please turn with me to the third epistle of John, chapter 1, verse 1. The title of our message is Walk in Truth. This past Thanksgiving, my wife and I, we, it's kind of strange for like Thanksgiving and some of the other holidays, we kind of like just being, you know, together by ourselves. It's, uh, we love being around people. We love the blessing of fellowship. We have a lot of that. But, uh, you know, typically during like Thanksgiving and all, it's just a blessing. We just like being, have our, our family time together. And so uh, we went to Boston Market for dinner. <laughs> And we, uh, we stood in line. We were in line probably about an hour, maybe a little over an hour. And we knew as we were in line, we were told that they don't have any turkeys, so they just have chicken. So I kid you not, we we're ready to order. There was two people finally in front of us. We we're getting ready to order. And the guy in the back says, there's no more chicken, that there's one chicken left. And then they ran out. So, I mean, literally, we had, that means the next person gets their chicken. There's one person in front of us, and we just missed it by that one person. So we're, you know, so I'm, I'm wondering, well, maybe I didn't hear them right. Maybe there's another batch they're going to put in, and maybe it'll take some time. And so I went to the, listen to this, I went to the cash register guy. I kind of know him a little bit. I've been getting to know him, you know, over the past, I don't know, year or two years or so. And so I went up to him, and he recognized me, and, he, and I says, hey, now, did I hear it right? You only have one chicken? And he goes, he goes yeah, he goes, do you want it? And I stood in line for, we stood in line for over an hour. And I'm thinking, yeah, I want it. (laughs) But I'm looking at my wife and I'm looking at the two people in front of us. And I'm thinking, that's not right. And I'm like, I want it. That's not right. I want it. It's almost like there was two little, you know, I want it. That's not right. I want it. And I said, you know, I would love to have it. I says, but there's two people in front of us. I said, so they should probably get it. He goes, oh, okay, bro, that's all right, man. But he basically said, I would have given it to you. And I was like, no, no, thank you, no. So uh, we ended up going to Del Taco instead. So we had burritos and drive-through too, yeah. (laughs) But my point is, is the importance of truth. Even if truth hurts us, even if, you know, doing and saying the truth can cause problems in our life. We need to stay in truth. Truth is important. And that, with that whole story, I could have said, you know what, I deserve this. Yeah, you know, I don't care about those two people that are in front of me. And, you know, you know let them fend for themselves. But the, the truth was, is they were in front of us. And we're to walk in truth. And we're going to talk about that, what that means. You know, how do we walk in truth? How do we live a life of truth? And so John's going to point some of that out to us here in our text. So I'm going to ask if we could just stand again. And I'm just going to read 3 John, the epistle of 3 John. And uh, we're looking at the first four verses, verses 1 through 4. And the apostle John writes, the elder, speaking of himself, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Lord, again, as we look at this subject of walking in truth, we pray that we would understand what that means for us personally. How do we walk in truth? And Lord, I pray that, Lord, as you know, 
the temptations we have, maybe to lie, maybe to uh, distort the truth and manipulate and all these things that we can do, Lord. I pray that through the message that you would speak to our hearts and we would be people of truth. We would stand for truth. So teach us in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. Just for note-takers, I believe it's a great note to take that this, in the original language, in the original Greek that it was written in, this is the shortest uh, book of the Bible, the shortest book in the New Testament. Um, The next one is 2 John. If you're a note-taker, Philemon, it would be the third shortest, and then Obadiah uh, with the whole Bible, and then uh, Jude would be the, the fifth. So just a good note to take. It's the shortest book. It's a powerful book, though. And in this wonderful book, this wonderful letter that we have before us, uh, John, the apostle that writes this, he calls himself the elder, and he points out three different men. And we're going to look at these three different men. But this letter itself is written to this man named Gaius. And uh, we're not sure exactly who Gaius is. We only have this little bit to go by. There's a Gaius that's uh, talked about in Acts 19 and 20. He was a a traveling companion of Paul the Apostle. We're not sure if this is the same Gaius. Uh, There's a Gaius spoken of in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, how Paul baptized Gaius. We're not sure if this is the same Gaius. Uh, And also in Romans 16, there's a a gentleman called Gaius that hosted Paul. But we're, we, we can't be dogmatic if this is the same gentleman. But with our text and what we're going to look at here and next week, we're going to find out that this man, Gaius, was a generous man. He most likely was a wealthy man. He was a man that stood for truth. Uh, there's indication that he was a discerning man, that he would welcome uh, in his home these traveling ministers. But because there's no correction with that in such a way like we had in our last letter, we're assuming that he, he, he can discern which you know, teachers were real. And he had a great uh, ability to discern truth. And he was able to you know, only have the, uh, the right teachers uh, come into his home and, and hosting them. So uh, there's a few things that we know about this Gaius. But is we're going to look at the biggest thing that's told about him is his truthfulness and how he walked in truth. So I want to kind of focus back in on the, the text here in verse 1. Up on our screen, it says, the elder, that's John. When you're 90 years old and in your 90s, I guess you can call yourself an elder. So he's calling himself an elder. Also, I believe he's an elder of the church. Uh, he was an officer of the early church. He's an apostle. John was. So he's referring to himself as an elder. But then he says, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. And notice, beloved. If you notice, three times he's saying, I love you. You're loved. Beloved means greatly loved one. I I greatly love you. And I I believe as Christians, it's important that we express that to people. You know, I notice that probably more with believers than in the world. I mean, there's a true love that we have one for another. Amen? Amen. And we, we, we have a love for each other. And I believe that there's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit that takes place that kind of binds us together. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And I, when I say to people, you know, I love you, bro, or I love you, man, you know, I really, I think of that. I do love the people I say that to. It's not just like I just say it flippantly. Hey, I love you. I love you, sister. I love you, brother. I have a love for the family of God. And I, I, I believe that's a, a wonderful thing that we have because of we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And as you, if you, if, as you read this letter, as we read this, we realize these two verses, John is saying, I love you. You're greatly loved. You're beloved. 
And I believe that in, uh, the endearment that he's uh, communicating is important for us to realize that, that this manly man, this, this, you know, John that was an apostle, that was a great teacher, he was a man of love. And I believe that's the most important thing we can have as believers, that we're marked with love. That, that people know that, that we're, we're those that have love. But then he goes on to say, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. You're, you're spiritually good. You're, your soul is prospering. You're, you know, I, I know the fact that, that God is using you and you're a man that's prospering spiritually. But he's saying, I, I pray that you would prosper in all things and you'd be in good health. There's... I believe false teachers out there that have this teaching of this prosperity doctrine, which we don't adhere to. I don't believe the Bible teaches that, where everyone's uh, supposed to be healthy and wealthy. And it's just not the, 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 the true teachings of the Bible. And they'll take these, this verse, verse 2, and they'll say, see, you know, uh, John's praying. They, they prosper in all things. And so everything, we're to always prosper and be in good health. We're always to be in good health. And there's a balance in Scripture because really the, 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 the teaching of the Bible does not teach that we're all going to be wealthy or we're all going to be healthy. I mean, if it, if it taught that, I'd be standing up here and say, hey, let's pray. Let's everyone be healthy. Let's every, we're all gonna just prosper. We're gonna, but it doesn't teach that. And we have to be careful because there's, you know, the misunderstanding of scripture really messes with people's minds. And what people will do when they teach this type of stuff, they'll take verses like this out of context and they'll try to make a doctrine. And I even call these things pet doctrines where their whole church, this is like a pet doctrine. And it, that's a scary thing. If you ever go to a church that has, that they're always teaching this one thing over and over and over, you, you got to back off from that because that's called a pet doctrine. There's, that's why we have all the scriptures and we interpret always. And I said this before, interpret scripture with scripture. And so I used to have a friend that um, he believed in that everyone's to be healthy. And if you're, if you're not healthy, that's because you're not very spiritual or it's a lack of faith. And I, re, I remember calling him up one day a few years ago and he's, you know, totally has a full on cold and he's sick and he's, he's, you know, he's coughing and he's just, he's rising, he's talking like that. I says, man, you sound terrible. You must be sick. He goes, no, no, but no, bro. I'm not sick. I don't get sick. I go, what? And I forgot that he, he, he believed in that. And I, he says, no, 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 it must be allergies. And I, now I'm even thinking through that. Well, if it's allergies, that's even being sick. Allergies are still, you know, you got sick. But he, he held onto that doctrine that you never can be sick. And every, God wants everybody healed. And, it, and it's not scriptural. Paul the apostle had a thorn in the flesh. He had an infirmity. Paul the apostle even said, I would rather boast in my infirmity, boast in my infirmity, that the power of God would rest upon me. So we, we need to be careful when it comes to these things with health and wealth. God doesn't want, you know, Jesus was not wealthy. Joseph and Mary, they weren't, they were, they were you know, they were not wealthy. So, so we need to, you know, when we read this, but in context, I believe, as we look at Gaius, Gaius was a very giving person. Gaius was, you know, he supported, as we'll look at next week, he supported traveling ministers. He supported probably missionaries. And, and so uh, the thing is, is, is John saying, I know you're such a giving person. I know you're, you know, you, you, you're one that loves to be generous. And I pray that God would just prosper you because I know that you're a vessel that God can use. And, and, let, and I just have to say, in this church, we do that. We pray. The, those that help the ministry and that, we pray for you guys. We say, Lord, prosper them. Lord, bless them. You know, those that are giving to the church, those that are, you know, tithing and giving and that, you know, 
supporting the work of the ministry that's going on, you know, that's our heart. It's like, Lord, bless them. They're called to be businessmen. They're called to be, you know, entrepreneurs. And Lord, bless the work of their hands. And that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you try to take these out and you say, well, you know, everyone's to be healed, you know, it's not true. You know, even hear people say, well, Jesus healed everyone. Well, I beg to, to differ with you. The Pool of Bethesda, remember that? It says multitudes were there. Multitudes were there. Listen to this. Multitudes were at the pool of Bethesda, right? How many people did Jesus heal? One. And it says that the water was stirred up. And it says great multitudes were there with, where they were lame and paralyzed and all these diseases. And it says when the water would shake up, you know, they would go in and, and they would, you know, the, when they touched the water, that something miraculous would happen. And so people were waiting. Remember this man, 38 years old. He's lame. He's not able to get up. Remember that? And Jesus healed him. And Jesus still heals today. But we have to be careful when we say that everyone, Jesus healed everyone. No, he didn't heal everyone. So the balance of scripture, interpreting scripture with scripture is very important for us. Having said that, do you notice he says that you may prosper in all things? I believe that's a good prayer, that we would prosper in all things. You know, sometimes when you hear the word prosper, you just think of finances. But uh, possibly, he's saying all things, so possibly praying that you'll, you'll prosper in the word of God. I don't know about you, but I want to prosper more in the word of God. I want to have a more, more understanding of God's word and to be able to apply God's word better and to, and to you know, understand the depths of this book that's in front of us. And I want to prosper in that. And so, you know, he's saying in all things, maybe even in, in evangelism. I want, to, I want to prosper more in evangelism. When I share the gospel, that uh, it would be articulated in the way and in the power of the Holy Spirit, that people would, would come to know Jesus. And so, you know, prospering in all things. How about with time? Do you guys ever notice that time is just going by so fast? I used to think weeks went by fast. And now I'm thinking months go by fast. And now to me, is this happening? I don't know. Is anybody else? Years are going by fast. It's just like, choo, choo. I mean, we're... We're doing another Christmas play. Didn't we do one two weeks ago? I mean, seriously, that's what it seems like. It's just the time is just flying by. And I pray we prosper in time. In other words, I, I pray that we would take advantage and, and redeem the time that God has given us is this prayer that we would prosper in all things. Lord, help us to prosper in time, to, to take advantage of the time that God's allowed us to have here on this earth, that we would be able to, to use it wisely and to be able to use it for his glory. I, I truly pray that for us. I don't know if you heard about the actor, uh, David Cassidy, he died just recently. Do you know what his last words were on his bed, his deathbed? His last words, according to his daughter, he said, this is his last words, so much wasted time. I don't want my words to be that when I, when I pass away. I wasted so much time, is what he said. Oh, I pray we prosper in our time, that we know how to utilize our time. Your people talk about time management. Well, I pray that the Lord would teach us how to manage our time for his glory, that he'd be in good health, Many believe that the reason why he said you'd be in good health because Gaius probably was not very healthy at the time. And so he's saying, you know, I've heard that you have some health issues. You're prospering with your soul, but I pray that you'll have good health. So he's praying for healing for him. And that's a good thing. I remember a while back when my wife and I, we were at Target and 
there in Santa Ana and there's a, a tiled floor and there was a comb that was on the, on the, there on the ground and she didn't see it and she stepped on it. Her, her legs went up and she fell and, and she busted up her knee and her knee was really a mess. And I'm, I have one of my weaknesses. I don't like seeing blood and broken bones and I just, I, something about it. I can't, I don't like looking at it. You know, it's like it gets me sick and if I look too long, I can faint and pass out. I mean, I just don't like looking at that. So here's my wife and I'm, you know, I'm like by myself, I'm with my wife and I'm like, what is going on? And I looked down at her leg and I kid you not, her bone, her, her, by her knee was broken. A bone was sticking out of the side of her leg and it was, you know, she had a broken bone and it was like, wow. And I was so rushed her to the hospital, took her to her hospital, called some friends. We met at the hospital and we got there and, um, the doctor took a look at it and said, we have to do emergency surgery. Let's, let's take care of it. Let's go. And so he says, let's take an x-ray. We're going to do emergency surgery. He left the room and I'm just praying. You know, we're praying over her, the blankets on her legs and just praying, Lord, please touch her. Lord, you know, just hear it. Just, just heal her, Lord. Take this away. And literally, I have to say this, and quite honestly, I was praying more for me than her because I'm like, I can't handle it. I'm like, Lord, I am overwhelmed right now just looking at this leg, you know. And, and so we're praying and I kid you not, and it wasn't, you know, let me finish the story. I kid you not, the doctor comes in, he pulls the, takes the, the, the blanket off of her knee and he just, his eyes bulged out because it was healed, it was completely healed. And he looked down and he was like, uh, what happened to her leg? And I said, I said, God, we just prayed. And God healed her. And he was shocked, I was shocked. We pulled it off, I'm like, Where's, what, what happened? I'm looking at her legs, like, what, what happened? God healed her. And God heals today, and there's many stories. And I can go, you know, tell different stories and different people, and, and, you know, God still has the gift of healing. We don't want to ever diminish that fact, but to ever think that God wants to heal everyone all the time and, and like that, it's not scriptural. And, you know, so you can't do that. So we have to beware. But God heals, and he's praying for this man, Gaius, who is most likely sick and had some kind of an illness, saying, Lord, I pray that you'll prosper, and I pray for healing. I don't want to uh, miss this part of it. Back in those days when they wrote this, this was a, a common greeting, though. They would say, you know, you know I pray for good, good health and wealth or prosperity. It's almost like saying, I, I pray that you're doing well. So it was also a very common way to greet someone in a letter. So, so that's also in there. But you can't miss the fact that Paul, or excuse me, John totally loves this man Gaius and he goes on to say verse 3 for I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you just as you walk in the truth listen to this and I love this verse I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth brethren meaning other believers went to John the Apostle. John the Apostle was a, a pastor there in Ephesus and they would come back and report and I, I, just, I could just see what, you know, how it would be. They would go to John the Apostle and say, you've got to see Gaius, how great he's doing. Gaius is just, you know, prospering in the things of God. Gaius is just doing so well spiritually and he's, he just knows the word. He knows truth. He's in the truth. Not only that, he's walking in it. In other words, he's not just talking the talk. He's walking the walk. This guy is changed. He's the real deal. And my question is, what 
what do people say about us? Do they report back to others? And what are they saying about us? Are they able to say that this person's the real deal? This, this person's really walking with God. This person's really walking out the walk that the, this Bible talks about. And I pray that for all of us. I, I pray that, you know, other people can testify, you know, of a change in our lives, a, a work of God's spirit working in all of us because there should be an evidence of God working in our lives. We, we should be able to look back and say, wow, I'm not the man I used to be. And others should be able to say that. You know, one of the greatest things with my friends that are still in the world back in Michigan, they would say, they would tell me this all the time, I miss the old Joe. And that just means they miss the guy that used to party with them, the guy that used to, you know, hang out at the bars and the clubs, and that's what they missed. And it's like, and then, you know, to me it was a compliment. There's, they were saying, you are totally changed, but I don't like this change. But there's a real radical thing going on with this man Gaius so much that it's reported back that he's walking in truth, he's walking in God's ways, and he's a man of truth. I love what the Lord's doing, raising up the younger people in this church. I think that's a huge blessing. I think of Jose and how, you know, Rick, Pastor Rick was just pouring into him and, and just kind of, you know, mentoring him a little bit and pouring into him and just, just watching the, the work of God's spirit working in him and uh, leading worship. Had the high, two of the high school kids here leading the worship. for Was well, that a blessing? I want to give the Lord a hand for the, just seeing these high school kids. But it's a great joy when you see just the, the work of the God's Spirit working in people's lives. And guys, we, it's so important for these young kids to, to you know, be raised up in the ways of the Lord and to pour into them and encourage them in the things of God. John is saying, I, I, no greater joy. I don't have any greater joy than to see my children walking in truth. And, and I'm, I'm not a parent, but I'm sure if you're a parent here today, and when you see your kids walking in the things of God, that has to bring great joy just to see God's work in their lives. And when I see that, it just, it gives me great joy. There's people that I run into that uh, used to go to the church and they gave their life to Christ here at the church and now they're in leadership or they're in, you know, they're doing different things for the Lord. And I'll tell you, it brings me great joy when I see that. I think of Alan and Rachel years ago when we were in the women's club. They, they, she raised her hand to receive the Lord. He came forward and asked Christ to be his Lord and Savior and they're still walking in the Lord. They're still walking in truth. Matter of fact, she was here yesterday helping out with the makeup uh, for, for our play and stuff. And it just, there's no greater joy than to see just God's, you know, working in people's lives for a minister. That's a powerful thing. But on the flip side, it's a terrible thing when you see people strain from the truth, when they're, they're walking in error and they're walking back in the ways of the Lord. And I'll tell you, we just, all we can do is pray for them. But, it, but it's terrible to see that when that happens in people's lives. I believe it's so important for all of us as believers to, to be honest, no matter what the cost, to tell the truth and to, to, to deal with truth instead of, you know, deal with falseness and deception. And it, it's so important for us to do that. It was funny when I was courting my wife back in 2000, when I met my wife and I was courting her, we were getting to know each other. We actually went to a missions conference in Austria and there's a castle there in Austria. And um, so 
we would be up, you know, there was the, the men's side of the castle and the women's side of the castle. So we used to have this couch. We used to sit on this couch. And because we just, you know, didn't know each other but for a few weeks, so we wanted to get to know each other. So we'd hang out on the couch and, and people would walk by. It was great accountability because we'd just be up there. But we'd literally stay up till like 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning. we just, you know, getting to know one another, talking and all. And, and they, they finally labeled it the courting couch because it was like, that was it. That was just where we hung out. But I remember, I think it was even one of the first nights, she goes, uh, you know, I want to take off my makeup because I want you to know what you're getting into. But the point with that is, is she wanted to deal with truth and the importance of saying, hey, this is, this is what I look like. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.